Welcome to Making Chips. We believe that manufacturing is challenging, but if you're connected to a community of leaders, you can elevate your skills, solve your problems, and grow your business. I'm your host, Nick Golner, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Jim, there's no I in James Carr, and Jason, I've got big ideas, Zenger. Wait a minute, hey Jim. That's I just that's had good. the big idea 15 minutes ago, and you're calling yeah, him. But the it's, big yeah, but I've known you for seven years, and you've never had an idea. Well, let alone a big one. I, I'm just working into it. Well, okay. Give me a break. Yeah, I mean, but you are, and James. But you are you are, are always talking about yourself, so I, you, it well, makes sense. That was my favorite when I wrote it. I laughed out loud because I was like, "There's no I and James, but there's one right in the middle of Jim." <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. But, it is all about Jim and Jim's but head. Literally. I did really have a multi-million dollar I, and, and you know what? As idea. your as your business partner, finally, thank you. You're welcome. You're yeah. Because welcome. you're going to monetize on my ideas. I've, I've now, had right? to come up with all these ideas by myself for the last like five or seven years. I know. You, yeah. You've been carrying all the weight, my friend. It's about time for someone else to have some brilliance around. Yes, here. exactly. Exactly. Can't give Jason all the ideas. But anyway, feels good to be with you guys today. I'm looking forward to interviewing our guest we have, Nick brought in. Sounds like a great young guy that's just ripe for manufacturing and is going to really elevate us to the next level and, and teach me, some this old school manufacturing guy, some new things. Where are we today? We are at MXD. MXD. In Goose Island, Chicago. When did I tell you I was going to be here? First, you said 9.30 a.m., and then you called me and said it's going to be yeah, 8.30. Nick, and I'm, like, I'm always late, Golner. Yeah. Well, guess what? The traffic is the one good, good thing, thing about, about this the pandemic. <laughs> I was yeah, an hour I know. earlier I know. than I thought. I used to tell my wife, I got to get out of out of the house at like 5.30 in the morning just so I could beat the traffic, and now it doesn't even matter. Yeah. So I just right. sleep in It now. took me 30 minutes to get here. I'm trying to be positive, you know? We, we kick off our show with something positive, and yeah. for me, it was the traffic, but- Is that our positive kickoff? Well, no, I'm asking oh. you. So I wonder if manufacturing productivity is up because manufacturers are one of the few workforces that are really like still just full steam ahead on the highway. Uh, we'll bring, we'll bring we'll, some information at some point on if yeah, we're yeah. up or down look like at, we can you look, do. Can one of you guys look into that? Not right now. Okay. You're but like no. Joe Rogan. You're like, hey, Jamie, can you look that up for us? <laughs> like, oh, crap. We don't have a Jamie. <laughs> uh, no, we don't. But we do have we, an Ian. We have an Ian. Ian, will you look that up for us? Can you put together a hypothesis on traffic as it relates to manufacturing productivity? Thank I you. got a blank stare. I've driven down here before in the height of traffic in the the express lane after drinking a quart of water at the gym and a cup of coffee on the way down, and I've almost had an emergency. So it's... <laughs> it's I remember some of those I phone calls. Too much information. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah. was losing my mind and that yeah. I couldn't get off. He yeah. calls Jason. What do I do? I don't. Yeah, yeah. I have to go potty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I thought you were upset because you shipped some bad parts, but no, no it was just because you couldn't hold it. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> All right. So we're getting this. We're getting way off in a bad I know, tangent. But just, Nick, just take don't go in this. the express lanes. Jason, kick us off with something positive today. What's positive at Black or Zinger's? You know, one of the things that's that's positive at Blacker Zangers, I'm starting to look into, and I know you guys are going to be shocked about this, but I'm actually looking to replace EOS as the kind of the business structure that we use to to manage Zengers. After you've talked about it on ten episodes, now you're you're well, pivoting away. I, I am thinking about pivoting away. I really, really am. I know you're gonna be surprised, Jim. You've got to look on your well, face. Here's like, it, here you know, it is common visionary. Can't get into it too long. Gets bored with it and just tosses it to the side. Right? So what are you, you, you to? That is part of it, Jim. No, I, it yeah, is. I, I know. I've known you for seven years. I know how your mind thinks. It's not well, satisfying some... you anymore. So just 
push to the side. There's some things. Yeah, there's some things about it that just aren't making me happy. And I feel like I need to look at, you know, like what is a new structure? What is a new business system that I could use to run the company? What's the main pain point that you have with it? I don't think it goes deep enough. I think that's one of the big things. And it doesn't go deep enough on two different levels. And maybe I can just augment it instead of replacing it, but I'm looking at all my options. So, And when I say it doesn't go deep enough, what I mean is they tell you that you need SOPs and, and processes and stuff like that, but they don't get into the details of it and helping you to move in that direction. And then the second thing would be their business coaching is very much centered around their quarterlies. Mm-hmm. And I think that more than a structure, because I'm a pretty structured guy as it is, I need more regular business coaching. So I need somebody to like, you know, ask me the hard questions and hold me to task to get those things done. It's interesting you said that. We we have a, a coach coming in and helping my dad with like succession planning and we're at we're at this inflection point in our business right now. And so he he's asking a lot of those tough questions and I'm working really closely with my brother on defining what is the Golner way. And we're taking elements. Well that's from, what I'm talking about. Is yeah. that like I'm trying to define like is there a different the Zenger way that is, and we've at, we actually have a folder that my wife and I share with like documents and stuff that we're trying to document what a that paper Zenger folder. is. You no, 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 like a Dropbox, I'll Dropbox folder. <laughs> Good one, Jim. <laughs> 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 that that would document what that Zenger way is, and. I'm actually looking into, you know, a coach would help to push me along in the yeah. right. Because right now, my dad's no longer in the business. He doesn't want to really have any part of it. And my wife and I can hold each other accountable. But I think I need a business coach in order to help too. And ironically, I've, I'm also looking into, okay, I might get into coaching myself, but that's a whole other subject yeah. we could talk yeah, about we, in, a, man, in a later this time. Is, this is almost turning into a different episode. Yeah, I do want to talk about this someday. Okay, maybe so, for a different episode. I think the, in summary, we want to systemize success. And it's different for every business. And you could take it elements is. from yeah. different systems and plug it in and make it your own. I know what's new with Zengers that you probably didn't want to Oh, say. tell me something. You introduced your new Zengers logo. Which yes. Is, uh, yes. 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 I and saw it's that in your email signature. It's sexy. And I you know tell what? You. I've gotten such good feedback. Yeah, about everybody nice. loves it. And and I even went into like, when I introduced it to the team, I went into like the symbolism yes. of the greater cool. than, less than signs that make up the Z. And one of the first things that I that I started with Nick was with the, with the greater than sign is that our intention in the business is to glorify God in a way that he is greater than us in our business. And yeah. so like there is, there's definitely some symbolism there that I think everybody really, really resonated with. And then bringing it down to like the practical, like value proposition of your business, yes. you know, increasing lowering productivity, costs, while increasing productivity, yeah. all that kind Who of stuff. Who knew yes. all yeah, that we stuff made a pretty, in a logo, right? I know, exactly. I, know, I, I know, love that I know. stuff. We made a pretty sweet logo. And it. who did it? Our designers making chips. Yes. Jason so. and I were very involved with the strategy behind it, yes. but yeah, absolutely. And that was not a self plug for making chips it really did come out no, great. No, and, and you and know what Nick truly is a great marketing mind and I think is. that that's one of the great things about partnering with making chips to do things like logo design and website is that you get Nick and you get some ideas from him and even some ideas from me. What um, about me? Too. Well, no. Okay. I just had a great idea but that's okay. You keep you talking did. about it. Okay. Stay tuned for the boring bar. Exactly. Because we are going to unleash Jim Carr's new great idea, idea. Yeah. to our subscribed audience. It, it awesome. actually is a really good idea, Jim. Thank and you. I'm proud of you. Thank yeah. you. I gave you a round of applause. And that's, that's all we're going to say. We're, we're going to just leave the cliffhanger. Ba-boom. If you want to know about Jim's big idea, subscribe to the boring bar. All right, let's move on with this episode because yeah. I really feel that this is going to be a great interview okay. and I'm excited about it. And you guys are taking a lot of time to get there. To get into the episode, we always jump into a brief bit of manufacturing news. Make it brief. Make it brief. We're going to keep this one super simple. Fabtech is not happening. 
Wah, wah. That's the news. Yeah. I mean, and that's pretty much it. That was November. IMTS is canceled. Fabtech is canceled. There's no trade shows in 2020. Ouch. Yeah. And I'm not going to Vegas anymore. I know. kind of sucks. I really wanted to go. <laughs> I know. I mean, at the end of the day, we... We have to be a country that comes together to keep everybody safe. Yeah. I mean, the, the goal is to, like, get this out of here, right? Mm-hmm. We don't want to live in a country that has a pandemic. Personally, I'd like to just fast forward through 2020. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. Let's introduce our guest. So I'm super pumped about today's guest because we actually wanted to have him on before this whole thing happened. And we were trying to get him into Chicago. And that was easier to do before this whole pandemic. But... Today's guest is a manufacturing leader based out of St. Louis, Missouri. He graduated nearby at Northern Illinois University with a master's in international business marketing. He's got his bachelor's at Augustana in political science and mass communication, but he took his education in a totally different direction than what he intended. Now he's dedicated to diversity and community growth. Crow believes that bridging the gap between the manufacturing industry, youth, and our community through collaborative efforts, organic reach, and private and public partnerships is imperative for industry growth. He began his manufacturing career, like most of us, at the beginning of a recession, working as a material handler for saw operations. And then from there, his knowledge of chip making continued to grow, and now he's passing the torch to the next generation. He holds titles as the Master Instructor at Rankin Technical College in the Advanced Precision Manufacturing Program, and he's the Director of Micro Enterprise and the founder of Elevate Industries and Academy. Welcome to the show, Drew Crow. Thank you, gentlemen. Welcome, Drew. Hey. Thank you. Thank wow, that's you. a lot of stuff. You don't look that, that old. Is. Man, I just, I've been blessed, man. I've lived a lot of life, man. And, yeah. and I'm looking forward to everything that's coming up in the future, man. It's just getting Great. better. Every yeah, day. you're, you're awesome. really well versed. I, I, I did not really know all of this good stuff in your bio until Nick just read it off. And I'm Thank anxious you. to hear about I think I'm the best story. bio reader. I yeah, think I, I think I should. <laughs> You're okay. Well. I'm the Bruce Buffer of this podcast. Yeah. yeah, I don't know who that is, but yeah. okay. He's the guy who introduces the fighters. Got it. So the reason he's he's good at introducing the fighters is he always kind of tells a little bit of a story of who they are, how they got into the ring, and every manufacturing leader starts with a great story. So why don't you start kind of at the beginning of your entry into manufacturing and tell us how you got involved in the industry? Okay, so I really never knew that manufacturing was an industry going to let the cat out of the bag now. I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri, and I grew up where you see a lot of the things that are happening on the news. I grew up in those areas. So we were, you know, we had a lot of love, but we didn't have a lot of money. And I played sports and through sports, I was blessed to be able to go to college for free. And what sport? I played football yeah. and ran track. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what position? I played cornerback. Yeah, you know, all right. And I actually never came off the field. I returned kicks, played corner, played receiver. I was going to say, you're not that big, so it must have been like some secondary Speed position. Speed yeah. man, if you can't catch them, you can't tackle them. Yeah, man. that's yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. So being small, I learned that at a young age. I got to be fast if I want to play this game. So, uh-huh. uh, sure. man, I was super fast, and it helped me in track as well. So I went to college, and in college, I couldn't really figure out what I wanted to do. I didn't really have a lot of guidance as far as doing the right things. I had a lot of influences in my life that were kind of leading me astray. But at the time, I didn't think of it as bad things. I just thought thought of it as like just me surviving. I just thought this is what I have to do to survive these elements, right? Mm -hmm. And my escape was school. I didn't know what to do. 
I was there for free, so I said, hey, if they're paying for it, what's going to make me the most money? So I went into political science thinking I could one day be a lawyer and then the president. That was my idea. <laughs> yeah. So Those are high aspirations. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So big ideas. That's the theme of the day today, right? Yeah, right? So that was my goal, man. I had no idea how to do this thing, but I was just going to class. And, you know, I graduated. Some things happened in between there. I graduated finally in four years. And when I graduated, it was the turn of the economy the first time. It was— Yeah, uh, 2008. 2008, yeah. yeah we so had I, just coming out of that, the Great Recession. We were just starting. This oh, is when— Oh, God, that's painful. The whole crash happened. Yes. So I am fresh off of two bachelor's degrees, and I'm gung-ho. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be a lawyer, whatever, and can't get a job anywhere. Right. right? And, and that's kind of what's going on right now Right now, well. this is yeah. we're replaying exactly yes. what happened, and this yeah, is why— Different circumstances. And th- exactly, and this is why I speak on what I speak on, because I truly believe that the manufacturing industry is what makes America yes. great, and yes. it's what is going to solve— a lot of problems, but we'll get into that. Yeah, so tell us about that first manufacturing job when you couldn't yes. find a job. So I couldn't find a job. I just had a, a baby, and I got a family to support now. I have no clue what to do. And my daughter's mother at the time was like, hey, she worked quality control in a shop. And she was like, hey, we're looking for some guys. It's going to be third shift. It's going to be work that you're probably not going to want to do. Checking parts. Not even. No, not even. I wish. <laughs> materials handling, right? She was like, you're going to run the saw. Yes. And you're going to bring you're going to bring the material in. You're going to cut down the material. You're going to take these work orders. And you're going to drop off everything at the, the different stations. stations. Yeah. So when first shift comes in in the morning, they're ready to get it going. Yeah. It's so funny because so we weld bandsaw blades and we always talk okay. about this that everybody who like makes it in manufacturing always starts out on the saw. That's Man. exactly where and, our and, it, and it's funny that way because it, I mean, it's a simple operation, but it's also very important. You got to get it right. You got to cut And it they square. never get trained well. They always just get thrown in. Over it. there, yeah. You know, just figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Well, but it, and it's kind of it's kind of like a rites of passage and people get over there and they feel like they're the bottom of the totem pole and they kind of get treated like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm unique cuz I'm in between the old school and the new school. So I knew nothing about a shop. So I didn't know that this was the bottom of the shop. I just knew that they were going to pay job. Yeah, yeah, they were going to pay me 1250 in a recession in 2008, sign benefits. me up. Benefits after 90 days. You're right. All of that. So I'm like, let's do it. Let's do it. There's people with doctorates at the time taking McDonald's jobs. Mm-hmm. Right. Nothing right. against that, but you got to do what you got to do. So right. I was I was with it. So I started working and I at night would drop this stuff off and I would be looking at these machines and I'm like, wow, what do they do? Like, it's fascinating. I never saw one run. Like, this is all brand new to me. And I'm like, Like what? a mill and a lathe. Yeah. There's, yeah. So there were uh, Doosan Pumas. Most of this was lathe work. So we were making non-contact isolators. Okay. And they did same day shipping. So all orders that would come in would get out the same day. Oh, okay. wow. Yeah. The other so, chefs. so everyone's yes. got to have their material ready oh, to go man, it was at their machine. So they cunning. would get the order on, uh, during that day. You'd it cut would show the up stock on the screen. at night. You'd cut yes. that stock, put it by the machine tool for the next, for the first shift, and they would run it and ship it that day. Yep. Wow. And I'd have what, their what whole process. day lined up. Yeah, it was it was tough. So, again, I didn't know that I was the bottom of the totem pole. Right. So, as I'm working there, and again, this is the recession. My college friends are calling me like, hey, man, I'm trying to get a job in fast food. I don't know what to do. Like, everybody's struggling. And I'm watching when I come to work, the machinists, the tool makers, the welders, they're coming in like brand new cars 
and they're like, oh, we're going to the lake house this weekend. I just bought a boat, brand new motorcycles and stuff. And I'm like, that is so funny. It's how funny how you just saw that and reacted and it was impactful. To yes. You. And I was like, everybody else is losing their cars, their homes, their everything. And these people in this industry are buying more stuff. So I was like, something... Something is weird here. Interesting. I was wanted, it weird or did it just make sense? For, did it just click it, for you? No, I did not. Didn't you make saw sense. The light. I was like, what? Yeah, I got to be here though. Yeah. I know I have to be here. I know yeah. that whatever's going on here in this industry is not going to falter. It's it's a thing, right? So that's what made it real to me. And then I said, I want to buy boats and I want to buy motorcycles and all of this stuff. I didn't come from a family that did that. So I started staying over after I clocked out for four hours for free and started watching Machinists. And cool. I love it. Yeah, there were. I mean, did they know that you were going to do that or were you just kind of hovering around like, hey, what are you doing there? What are you so doing? So old school, right? So I started hovering and I got yelled at. And I got, yo, we don't do, what are you doing standing over? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, and they're the not with that. And the old school machinist didn't want to have you around. At all, there. at all. No, no, at I'm all. sure. So, I'm and, sure. and at the time, okay, I'm, I'm trying to support a family. I'm broke. My girlfriend at the time is going through college. I'm doing my master's and I'm trying to work third shift wow. and got a baby. Okay. So, it's a lot going on, but I'm still staying for that time. So, I started buying donuts and I started buying coffee and I started seeing what they <laughs> yeah, like. Bingo. So I got one on my side. It was an old Polish guy uh -huh. and he told me he's going to bring me over. And he said, if you can learn this, he, he was uh, working on a, I think it was a Cincinnati lathe, old school lathe manual. Oh, man. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, so he was like the art of manual lathe and manual milling is dying. He said, it if is. you can learn this art, you will be able to write your check wherever you want to go in the future, right? Mm -hmm. So I said, I got to learn it. So I, it sounded like you had a good mentor right from the very beginning. You, you Yeah, you absolutely. I forced there. my yeah. way into there, yeah. right? And so I sat with him and I started learning and picking up concepts. And then that turned into him letting me like turn down some diameters and do little things. And then from there on second shift, somebody called in and on CNC. And they needed the it's same day shipping, so they needed parts shipped. And I think like second shift started at three o'clock. FedEx, the last FedEx truck came at five. Last UPS truck came at six, I think it was. That sounds about so right. Yeah. They needed somebody from like three to six to get these orders out, right? Right. So I was like, hey, you raise your hand. Put me in, coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So I started off on a sale of three Doosan Pumas. And I got it in, man. It was the most. So you knew what you were doing already because of the training from that guy, or did you? Just I knew concepts. I knew like ODID. I knew how to read a blueprint. Yeah, that's impactful. So yeah. You, yeah. did you get the parts right? They didn't come back. I did. I did. Good. I did. Thank there God. You go. <laughs> but I didn't get them all right. And there you had to have you had to have like two percent scrap rate because it yeah. was yeah. it was going, you know. So yeah, I got in trouble a couple times, but they knew and they were willing to work with me. They knew right. that you know the way I came up. So yeah, you don't just start getting it all right. Absolutely. Right you gotta absolutely. scrap some parts to learn. Absolutely. So from there, that opened my mind up and that turned me on to the possibilities of just this industry and just making things, you know? So I never, as a kid, and just now I'm thinking about that, like I never really thought about who makes the stuff that we use or well, where we, it comes we've from. We've talked about this yeah. a lot on mm -hmm. making chips, how there's there's pockets of our country that don't have a clue about manufacturing. 
it is, and we, we repeat this time and time again, being a machinist or something like that is one of the highest paying jobs that you can get without a college degree. Yes, absolutely. And you can get even farther if you if you have a college yes. degree, but we need to get the word out about this industry. Yes, that and we needed to make it more accessible to people like yes. me who didn't have a parent or an uncle or anybody that we could look at and say, hey, what's machining? Or we didn't have like a lathe or a bridge port in the garage. This industry right now, we're in a critical workforce and skills gap. Yes. And the reason we're in this gap is because for a long time, the industry has been oranges, I'll say. And oranges, we'll say, is just older white men. So there's been oranges, 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 oranges. And now... A lot of the oranges are ready to retire where they're in the age of selling down and leaving the industry. Right, the expertise is going to go with them. The expertise is going to go with them. And right now, the work pool that we'll be able to pull from to replace these people are apples. So the oranges, the orange population, the white male population is, unfortunately, it's shrinking a little bit. And the female population is tripling. The black population is tripling. The Hispanic population is tripling. The working age, the workforce age. So what we have to do is we have to figure out how we can get these oranges and these apples to communicate. Make a nice fruit salad. And make a nice fruit (laughs) salad because eventually down the line there's going to be bananas. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. I'm sure you would agree, though, too, that the industry is kind of its persona, its image has a bad image. Absolutely. It oh, has, for sure. We're trying, we've been trying to shed the image yes. problem for decades. Yeah, but, yes. I, but I wonder, is image the issue here? I think it's awareness I, rather I than think, image. Because I think that there's just no, I don't even think that there's an image of a dirty shop. There's just not even awareness that there's a shop where you right. can get a great job like this, where you could buy a lake house. The Metal Parks yes. Fair. Very right. true. Jobs Very true. Very yeah. true. So like, what, where does it come from? So and like, I will speak to both of them, though, because it's also culture. So every shop that I worked in, there was maybe one or two other people of color that worked there. Right, and right. And maybe one of them worked there for a long time, uh-huh. and then the other one might have been just a temp that they needed to press a button for a while. But there were no, I'm 30 years in and I'm a foreman, or there was no familiar faces. Same way with women. Out of all the shops that I've been in, there were maybe one or two per shop, maybe, and that's rare. So if you are a woman that is into engineering or black or brown person that's into engineering or into this field or anything like that, and you enter into a shop and nobody looks like you and nobody understands you and nobody speaks like you or nobody understands your culture, it's kind of hard because you're, you're thinking of all of those things and we got to think about tolerances. We got to think about running good parts. Right. We got to think about- It's stressful, man. You know what I'm saying? It's, so, it's so tough stuff. This is a field where your mind always has to be going and if you're thinking of other things that you really shouldn't have to think about, you can't be the best machinist that you can be. I genuinely appreciate you opening my mind to that. How do we solve this problem, Drew. Good question. How do we open up this industry to all these cultures, to these communities that don't know anything about manufacturing? So number one, you guys, you guys are doing it right now. So with content like you guys are doing, you got to get where the people are, right? Mm -hmm. So you guys are on YouTube. That's where everybody is. The younger kids, the younger generation is on YouTube, right? You guys have MXD awareness. Again, it looks like 
some next level industry 4.0. It looks like yeah, something this is a pretty cool. sweet facility. Yeah, yeah that sweet. kids want to go to. So when we start updating our facilities, when we start making it look better, when we start having faces and positions that look like the people that are around us are mm-hmm. the people that are going to start working here when we start not just have them in operator positions when they are decision makers and i know that if i'm working here there's a boss that looks like me so if something weird happens at least i can go to somebody and say it to them and they look like me or they're a woman as well so right. so it, i'm hearing culture and diversity. Absolutely. And diversity. Absolutely. So, what, Absolutely. so like if you were to take a step back, I always talk about like everything starts with, with a vision. Absolutely. And that's, you know, that's how making chips started and everything. So what is your vision for diversity in this industry? My, and then we got to figure out how we get there. Yeah. So, so my yeah, so vision. So paint us a picture. 10 years from now. Yes. So my vision, I, I'll actually tell you what I'm doing right now. So I am a teacher at one of the premier trade schools in the Midwest, right? And we are in the city of St. Louis, and it's majority black and brown around us, and it's pretty hood. It's underprivileged, you know? Like, a lot—it's the same story. It's Chicago, Baltimore, it looks the same. I you lived know? in St. Louus for four years. I know you what know, you're talking about. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the youth and a lot of these people are led astray. They don't have a lot of things to do, right? So if we— start bringing them into these schools. We start showing these them these things. We start um, showing the cool machines. Exactly. We start making it affordable for them to work there. Because another thing is, to get into this industry, you have to have a nice box. You have to have a decent box. You know Tool what I'm box. saying? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And you probably have to have somebody sponsor you a Who's going to buy? Yeah. I mean, a decent box to just get in is going to be... grand. Exactly. Exactly. So, especially with, with tools that are actually going to be calibrated right and precise. Well, you need a one-inch, a two-inch mic, a six-inch veneer, a exactly. Veneer, a exactly. Mic. I know you could buy all those things. I know. <laughs> there you, there go. you go. There you go. So just say I'm somebody that can't afford a box, but I want to get in the industry and I maybe have all the knowledge. Yeah, you work with your uncle or your dad. Whatever. It's whatever. Yeah. And I come in and maybe I bought like what I could get. I bought like Harbor Freight, whatever. The culture inside of the shop, machinists are going to look down on that. Now, gotta, I might you, be scared. You need to have, like, a Minotaur or Sterrett mic from Zenger's, not from... <laughs> exactly, exactly. There you go, right? You know, so... so, But that's the thing. If it's not Minotaur, if it's not Sterrett, then people are looking kind of down on that. So the whole culture has to change, or we need to... Figure you know, out how to sponsor those kids exactly, in order to get them what exactly, they need. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So, so how um, does Rankin do it, where you work? How do, how do they kind of get them in? And This problem is not unique to certain shops. This is an industry-wide problem. Sure. And it leaks down to the trade schools. So up until last year, our staff in the department and our students were all white male. And Rankin is very forward thinking. So they found me. I was running a geospatial, the second shift of the, at the company called Siler. I guess they just heard about me and the good things I've been doing. And they brought me in and they said, you know, we want you you are basically, for lack of better words, like the Black Titan. So you're very excited about this stuff. You have the look that the kids like. You can speak their language. You can get them energized and pumped up about this field. We need you. It's smart. I Man. agree. I agree. The Black so, Titan. Yeah, right? Man. <laughs> that's, that's Coin that right now. No, okay. <laughs> uh, no so. You be you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Titan. He's absolutely. A great, he's a great guy, but yeah, you, you yeah, be you. <laughs> absolutely. So they really empowered me, and they asked me the same thing that, that you guys are asking. How do we change this thing? How do we change it? So what I did is 
I started working with our program called Micro Enterprise, right? And Micro Enterprise is where we work with a lot of major companies. Hunter Engineering is one of our biggest partners, and we subcontract work for them, and we make their parts with the students. So I use a student workforce to bid on parts and to, to learn while making real things for real companies. So I pay them between $10 and $15 an hour. They get a dollar raise every semester, so they make money while they're going to school, right? Mm -hmm. wow. So we use that as a tool to bring people in to the community. Hey, I got jobs, $10 an hour, up to $15 an hour, and we'll pay for you to go to school. NTMA is one of our big partners. They do a lot sure. of scholarships yeah. yep. for and our They've students. got a good position in St. Louis, too. They got a good, what do they call A chapter. Good chapter. Yeah. Really, strong really chapter. strong chapter. And it takes that type of partnership. It takes... Places like NTMA. It takes partnerships with machine tool companies even. Mm -hmm. It takes partnerships with tool makers. You know, it yeah. takes partnerships with all of the people that actually have the money and the funding and the know-how to be able to do it. And they have to empower the people that are out here trying to do it. Mm -hmm. you well, and know? you also need to give these kids a vision of, hey, you're going to start out at 10 bucks an hour a student yeah. making parts. But the vision is taking care of your family, buying a lake house. All they need is and, hope, And everything man. else that you can Absolutely, achieve yeah, in mm -hmm. another five or 10 years. And they can they can achieve that dream the, that the you The goal, did. right? It's and, very attainable. I'm a walking billboard for it. So I go to schools now. I go to boys and girls homes and I try to catch them at a young age. I go to the juvenile delinquency. What is that age? What's the sweet spot there? Because we've talked about this before about when we should introduce yeah, that's a good yeah. people to the industry. That's a good so question. I think if you can, it's grade school. You there's, know? Yes, I mean, yes, as early yes. as possible. When so do there's you see multiple... the light bulb coming on where like like you had that moment where you're like, man, everybody's doing well. Like yeah. you know, they're buying cars. When when does that light bulb come on for your students? The waves, the waves are different. There's a different message at each age, right? Yeah. So start them young, as young as you can, and just get them into like putting things together, maybe working with gears, just little Legos, stuff like that. Yeah. Right. Start getting them into it and build the foundation. And then once they're in middle school, we do something called the Summer Academy, and they come in and they make like fidget spinners on the CNC machine, like toys, things that they can play with. They get to write a program. They awesome. get to run a VF1, you know, so they get their hands on and they're mm -hmm. watching things. And then once they get to that's high school- That's when the magic happens. Absolutely. And then that's where it kind of cements. And then when they get to high school, I talk about money. That's all I talk about. Yeah. I talk about what this can do for you in life. The luxuries. And exactly. And I'm not that we're going to end this episode because if you're not making chips. <laughs> you're not making money. Come on, man. You know that. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll so, have to say that again when we close yeah, this up. Absolutely. So, But, but that's, that's, that's point, where, right? and, and, and you show them, hey, man, shop tours. When there's really good shops, hey, come see this. There's lasers. Yeah. There's, yeah. you know, you can make literally Robots. Any, everything. I mean, uh, yeah. My son. So my son right now, he doesn't, my four-year-old son. He doesn't know what I do, so he just tells people my dad makes robots. He knows that I work in CNC. Yeah. yeah, so that's the thing. Like that's what's cool to them. So he makes space shuttles and robots. Absolutely, and, yeah. absolutely, and it and it's amazing to him. The seed gets planted that way. You you meet them where they are. It takes podcasts like this, so people can hear what's going on. People can see what's going on, and like I said, reach the kids, reach the youth where they are. And there are a lot of companies and people that understand that this is a problem, but they're in the same position as you guys. If you're not of it, you don't know how to fix it. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm yes. saying? Yes, yeah. You I have do. no idea. 
Correct me if I'm wrong, but both of you guys are in a family business. Yes. Right. So, all three. All three. Mom, yeah, all absolutely. Three. So so this is something that you guys kind of grew up with and you understood. Yeah. But there's, like I said, I didn't know. I didn't know. But it's so much. I've been in sales in this industry. I've been a foreman. I know how to code now. I know SolidWorks. I can take all of these things and keep building on them. Or I can go to a different company and do, the possibilities are endless. So right. so it sounds like there's there's three issues here that we got to solve. There's an awareness problem. Mm-hmm. There's a problem with building out a curriculum for these kids to learn. And then there's also like the funding problem. So yes. like if we take these one at a time, how do, we, how do we solve this? Which which one do you think is the most important out of the awareness, the curriculum, and the funding? Oh, I kind of think question. that, I think they're all you need them parts all. of a bridge. You yeah, need them all. Yeah. yeah. So you yeah. need all of the supports and you kind of have to work at them at the same time. Yeah. And sometimes it's fluid. Sometimes you need a little bit more awareness than funding. And, and you may, they might switch places too. Like absolutely. we might say awareness is the first thing, but not necessarily in some instances. It could absolutely. Be. Absolutely. So, so what about, what about the training side? What about the curriculum side? How do, how do we get these kids to move from just not knowing anything about manufacturing to being a machinist out on the shop floor? Glad Cast that asked. vision for them and like bring them from A to B. So right now I am with the help of ranking, launching something called Elevate Academy, right? And it, we're partnering with, and we're still looking for partners, major industry players that can either donate machines or donate tooling or anything like that, mm-hmm. right? And at the same time, we're going out to get the youth and we're giving them these jobs, right? Mm-hmm. And we're telling the company, say, you're Boeing, right? And you have a certain need for, you know, 15 machinists. And we run this particular machine and we run this particular programming language and, you know, it's fifth axis or whatever it may be or Herco, whatever. Mm-hmm. And we need operators for this, this machine right here, right? Mm-hmm. So donate me a machine just like that. And I will take these kids and I will teach them to be that operator for your company. They'll go through the Boeing program, so mm. to speak. And if another kid doesn't want to do aerospace, maybe he wants to do medical and it'll be like sim surgical. Those are my friends and they'll do the the medical program right so you can go aerospace you can go medical you can do whatever and it's a revolving door so you donate a machine to our academy and we send you every 18 months people Man, that love, know how to work that. and they'll come work so it's thing, like right? yeah you you invest in the schooling and we will tailor make the type of talent that that you, you need absolutely and another really thing cool is you don't know niche-y. how to reach it's niche you don't know how to reach these kids we do, right? right? So we speak their language, where where they are, mm-hmm. and you don't have to worry about because retention is another thing, right? Retention, it's another. So you got to bring them through. Yeah, you might you know? be able to bring them on, but you can't keep them, right? right. So we'll help with that. So we're not only going to teach you how to be a machinist, but we're going to start with the soft skills. We're going to teach you how to keep a job, how to get a job, yes. how to be a good coworker, yep. how to be a team member. And these are all things that that these companies don't want to spend time on. Right? Yeah, they, I, I've done some mentoring work with this organization on the west side of Chicago called Bethel New Life. Okay. And they have a partnership to get people from the west side of Chicago trained to be CNC machinists. And we talk about that, how the soft skills are just as important to learn yeah, as the hard skills. To, because you're, yes. you're never going to capitalize on that opportunity if you don't have the soft skills to Absolutely. back it up. Absolutely. And, and that was part of my story. If I would have taken these older machinists not wanting to teach me as something personal, or I would have 
buck back at them and you right. know whatever. I would not be here where right. I am, you know. So right. you seize that's, the moment. Yes, that's part of. Well, you have the self awareness to yes. understand that there's something yeah. bigger at the yeah. end of this. I better Absolutely. bring this dude some donuts because I want him to teach me how to exactly, run that. Exactly, man. And I'm broke, bro. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm still, you know. So we make those sacrifices for what we want. And the cool thing is. A lot of these kids have nothing, right? So it solves multiple problems. We have kids from these rundown neighborhoods that now have a job. Now they have somewhere to be for eight hours. They're on machines for four. They're learning curriculum for four, right? Yeah. And for 18 months, they're getting paid. They have somewhere to be. So for those eight hours, they're not on the block. They're not getting money some other type of way. Right. And there's somebody watching them go to work. There's somebody watching them come home satisfied. So it's going to trickle And they're effect. satisfied at the end of the at day. At the end they of the day. Did something. Yes, yes. And then at the end of this, you might make up to 15 but then when you're on to a real company, you're $20 an hour. Fifth access, you're up to 30 You know, you can right, do all right. these things. You want to be a tool maker? Go learn all of these things, right? right? So the possibilities are endless, right? Yes. And then that person goes home. Now he's a taxpayer. Now maybe he's even a homeowner, and he takes care of his neighborhood more. Dude, now he's it. paying taxes, and we've got better streets. Yep. We've got better schools, right? Yep. But it has to start somewhere, and there's a the oranges have a problem. Yep. The apples have a problem. Yep. And they can meet together and solve each other's problem. We need work. We need people pushing these these buttons in this machine. And we need hope. Well, you know? and, and then all yeah, of a sudden, we're dude. not apples and oranges. We're something else we're that's the same. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. we're, right. we're that fruit we're salad. We're apples. <laughs> we're apples. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So I love your vision, and I'm definitely tracking with you. And I totally. think that this is, this is definitely what is much needed, not only in St. Louis, but Chicago, but the rest of the country. And Any I, major, I like major metro, yeah. I, I like the track that you're running on where you where you devise this curriculum. But one of the reasons why we started making chips is that we wanted to equip and inspire the entrepreneurs out there. Okay. We wanted the people that owned a shop and who were leading a shop to do it better. How do we equip and inspire this community to become entrepreneurs if they're not necessarily built for working for a Boeing or working for one of these metal me medical manufacturers? Because I gotta be honest with you. I couldn't work for somebody. No matter how much they paid me, I could only work for myself. It's you could tough. probably ask these oh, two man, guys. It's so tough. You know, I couldn't work for anybody else. He's, so how do we, He's a squirrely <laughs> man. <laughs> so how do we how do we turn these kids into machining entrepreneurs? Glad you asked that question because I feel like machining is a place that you can become an entrepreneur. Yeah, get get that that house in your garage and exactly, you know exactly. start start looking get for jobs. Get a little tarmac. Yeah. Get yeah. so so. So, but the curriculum is needed, and we need to help yes, them with right, that. Because yes, when but, they graduate, the skills, they get a degree, right? So right now at Rankin, we have an associate's degree program, right? So you get your degree and you get three NIM certificates as well. So that's where that partnership situation comes on along as well, right? And so, so from that degree, is it easier to get into a business school? Yes. Like so you don't we, have to so, start from the ground floor, right? right? So we have partnerships with like University of Rolla, Missouri. They just changed their name. Missouri, the Missouri School of Science and Technology or something. Sounds but they're right. one of the top, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> they're one of the top engineering schools for bachelor's and master's degrees in Missouri. And once you leave from Rankin, you can go do your manufacturing engineering right from there. Right. right. So it's a three-step process. So Because there's a difference between, I guess what I'm getting at, there's a difference between making parts and, yes. and making accurate parts and running a company. And that's right. that yeah. entrepreneurial right. loop. Right. Right. So right. you do need training for both. Right. Absolutely. But when I think about like what it takes to get into business school, you got to take like all sorts of years of expensive school to get there. Yes. Unless you have an associate's degree, then it's a lot easier to get to do it. And the stuff. coolest, so the coolest thing about this is, right, because the need is so big and because we are in such a critical skills and workforce gap, most 
of the companies that know about ranking and use us to get the top machinists and everything like that, they know the need that they they really need good machinists. So they're paying for it. So they're paying for them to finish their their two years at ranking. Right. And then they're paying for them to go on and finish their bachelor's degree. We also have a bachelor's degree in business management. So Boom. you can do that still there, you know, Boom. at the same yeah. place. So back to the entrepreneur thing. Once you start seeing the industry, you start seeing different places where you can make money, right? All of a sudden so doors and windows start opening door, for you. Exactly, exactly. Now, again, though, this is where that culture and opportunity thing comes, right? Because unfortunately, if you look like me, it's harder to get a loan. So this is an industry with kind of a, a tough barrier of entry financially. But if you can do it, there's tons of money to be made. And I think that once kids get in and they start seeing 3D printing, fifth axis, they start seeing all of these things, they see, I could just make phone case molds all day. Or if you were to go from the standpoint of Nick and I talk about like Dave Ramsey and you know he's a big proponent of not taking loans. So yeah. you get that job at Boeing, you you Build squirrel away and, and then you don't so, need it. Because yeah, then you could pay cash for that, yeah. you know, so when I so when I go talk to these kids yeah. at King, these schools, right? yes. I go ask them, I say, Hey, what do you really want to be? Yeah. Oh, I want Maybe be, they don't want to be an entrepreneur, and that's okay. Well, no, no, yeah, no. But, okay. but a lot yeah. of them do. A lot yeah. of them do. Yeah. A lot of them have that same mentality, like, I don't want to work for anybody. I want to work for myself. And that's great. So I ask them, what do you really want to do? Do you want to, you know, a lot of them don't want to be a machinist, but they think it's cool. So, hey, would you rather fund your dream at McDonald's? Would you rather fund your dream for minimum wage? Would you rather fund your dream selling drugs, like looking over your shoulder? Or would you rather fund your dreams making $50,000 a year. Right, you know, right. would you rather fund your dreams just working mad overtime? And you don't have all sorts of debt either if you went through a program like this where your school is paid from. Exactly. So you're more credit worthy exactly. if you do need a loan. Because I mean, sometimes, let's face it, you got to borrow some money, right? Yeah, but Drew, what percent of these students that are in in your curriculum uh-huh. are truly passionate about the industry? Because I think if you have to be passionate about it to be truly successful in any career yeah. choice, yeah. it's no secret that I probably would not have gone into this industry had it not been the opportunity that my dad gave me. I'm sure Jason and Nick feel the same yep. way. But I would have been a painter. A fine artist. You probably you would have. You probably <laughs> you would have. You'd have been a starving artist. <laughs> so do you see the passion in some of these students' eyes for the industry? Or are they just attracted to the potential earnings earnings, yeah. and the longevity of the career? But I think that, forgive me for like answering this for you, I think that's why we need Drew is to inspire that passion because they're not even aware that they can be passionate about something that they just yeah. don't have a clue about. So, so and that's what I was going to say. We have a mix, right? So right now, our curriculum and our program is we probably get like 15, 10 to 15 upwards of 25 new students every year, right? And this is split between people who have no idea and they might have seen some Titan videos or something and they think it's cool, I want to get into it. Maybe a quarter of it is that. Another quarter is my parents own the shop. This is the family business. I'm getting into it to get into the family business. Right. The other quarter is random people that I brought in. And I was like, hey, I'll pay you come to school, check this out, change your life. And they are kind of still trying to figure it out. So it probably would be the money. And then you've got that other quarter of kids that are like, hey, 
I chose this school to be a machinist. I got a kid right now that hand makes like knife blades on the side. So you get those those kids that like maybe took it in high school or the you know, scrappy like hands on. Yeah, kind of just like really to build they, stuff. Yeah, like they a trade make, that make stuff. Them. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so it's kind of a mix. And and right now this thing is so new. There hasn't really been anybody in my position. Deloitte has put out a lot of studies that this was coming, that the skill and workforce gap is critical and it's here, but there's nobody that has really stepped in the forefront and said, hey, I'm going to help this industry out. I'm going to make this thing happen, right? So I've really only been moving in this direction for the past year. So the data is still kind of out and I'm still making YouTube videos and, and, and showing kids what it is and, you know, trying to make it a cool thing, but... We don't have enough of data set to yeah, kind of look I at know, and see. You I know, know what I'm saying? I know, but I, know. I will say that you're still in startup mode with your program. Absolutely, absolutely. And like I said, it's gonna take it's gonna take people to realize that not only is it a problem, but it's an opportunity, right? So it's just like anything else in our industry. Everything was manual at one point, right? Right. And then we came with CNC machines, yep. and there were probably you know how we are in this industry. A lot of people that have I've been doing it this way. I don't need those CNC machines. I hear it all the time, all the time, right? Jim, Jim used to say that. As, <laughs> they all did, right? 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 But what changes it? Everybody else, somebody I, we don't need the internet, <laughs> right? <laughs> we don't need I can fax you. <laughs> Top five reasons why machines. I didn't buy that five axis machine. I think we did a podcast about that. <laughs> now he's got one. Now I got one. <laughs> so that's the thing, right? Yeah, so, so there's always the smart company that sees that sees. Okay, this is going to be best for business. Right. Might hurt my bottom line right now, but it's going to increase. So they start buying the CNC machines, and then the manual guy that was just, oh, I'm not going to do it. Either gets passed up. Or he sees the light. Or he jumps on board. Exactly. Yeah. So this is the same thing. You know, Industry 4.0 is coming and, and Internet of Things. And there's companies that don't want to do all the data. They don't want to take the risk. They don't want to digitize their spaces, right? And then the people that are, are smoking them. Their margins are better. They're making better products. Mm -hmm. Everything's more efficient, right? And live tooling. I worked for it. Eppinger, Exus. Oh, we're and a distributor for them. <laughs> I talked to you in 2015. We'll talk about it later. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, man. <laughs> I've got the LinkedIn message pulled up, right? So live tooling. I, oh, it's, it's too expensive. And now everybody's got it. Right. You know, now yeah. it's standard, right? Yep, it is, yes. So this is the next wave. Like either you're going to be on the side of we're going to put some effort and some money behind going to get this workforce or we're just going to dry up. And all of the money's here. Almost every shop has jobs coming. There's new machines. You know, everything is getting, you know, easier made. The tooling is even better. And they have it, but they have nobody to run it. They have nobody to make the parts. So either people are going to get on board now and start making that change and, and investing in these programs and really making that a point of their business to make sure it continues to go forward or they're just going to keep being oranges and it's just going to So we up. need to get the apples and oranges together and make a fruit Absolutely. salad. Absolutely. Let's make so this let, fruit salad. Me, we need some strawberries. Let me change a little direction just, just a bit. We talked about public and private during your bio. Yes. And we are just talking about money. Mm -hmm. But I would say more than any other president in the past, o Obama started talking more about manufacturing, but I think President Trump has really ratcheted that up even I more. Agree. I agree. How, how important is it for the public sector to get into funding what we need to do in order to see this vision become a reality? I think that it is crucial. Have you I, seen it? I've seen pockets. Like you said, okay. President Trump brought a lot of the work back. 
right. with the way he restructured trade agreements and everything. And I think because I mean, Bush killed manufacturing. I, I'm I, absolutely at least what I say. I mean, like he was a big proponent of just make it in China. That killed us. And it continued. And, and now we're now we're one. fighting yes, to bring yes. bring it back. Absolutely. Yeah. And now we're starting to get it, and we have it. It's cheaper to make things here. The pride in American manufacturing is back. Right. And, and we're improving our processes. Because the, because the president does talk about manufacturing a lot. A lot. Right. So it is that's, great. But that's what we have to have in order to bring it back. There has to be, it has to be policy. It has to be supported. It has to be. There yep. has to be an industrial policy that's made because we are like 30% of the GDP, right? Not only that, but manufacturing jobs are the only multiplier. Yes. We're the yeah, only we had jobs. About that. Wow. Yeah. I didn't, but there's studies. Manufacturing and construction, you yes. know, the building things, making things. Yes. You know? So it's what? It's seven to nine jobs off of one manufacturing job. Yep. So it's going to boost your economy. It's going to give everybody else jobs. You and Jason just became Money best still friends. Flowing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think it, in I mean, general, we need to vote manufacturing. Yeah. Manufac- yeah. I'm telling yeah. you. So it needs to be something that is publicly propped up. It has to be. It has to be campaigns for retraining. There has to be government money to pay for these schools to help. They are the ones that should be funding some of these things. It shouldn't be all on the private sector because this industry is for, again, it's for all of us. It is. It's for all of us. And the better that this industry does the better America does as a whole. Yes. Amen to that, man. That's so, yeah. my move, man. This is a conversation that needs to continue. It Absolutely. Could, we could have a three-hour podcast. Oh, I'll we, come back, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Love hey, we love and and I, think it, I think it will continue, and this relationship will continue. I, I, think, think, I think I think there's so. more that we need to be doing with Drew and what, what Drew brings to the table. At the end of the day, man, if everyone in your shop looks the same way, thinks the same way, if, if we don't change, you won't be making chips. And that's the, that's, so that's, that's another thing. Back with oranges. So as machinists and as people that make things, right, we are detectives, right? So we need to look at a part and we need to say, how am I going to make that? Yeah. Or how, how am I going to make that better, right? And if we only can think one way, we can only think like an orange, we're only thinking orange ways. We only have orange processes, right? Right. Every, what do they say? If you only have a hammer, every problem looks like a nail. Yeah. But then you bring an apple in <laughs> and they have an apple, you yep. know, angle. So now they're yep. like, oh, you know what? Do it like this. And now yep. we have a better part. And now we have understanding and we're moving. That's how you move things forward. And then the banana comes in and the banana says, apple and orange. You guys are doing like that? We do it like this. Come on, man. <laughs> and now everybody's, you know, everybody's efficient. Everybody's building, yep. right? Dude, so he's, it, he's, it he's all takes community. We're going to keep going. We're going to make this three episodes. <laughs> oh, man. No, I'm sorry, guys. Hey, Drew. Yeah. Do you know how we sign off on the show? I'll let you do it. If you're not making chips, you're not making money. Absolutely. Bam. Bam. As always. Thank you for listening to the Making Chips podcast. You need to increase the speed and feet of your business. If you're not elevating your manufacturing leadership, you're going to get left behind. The metalworking nation is committed to a new way to stay ahead of the competition. We have more content to help you make and elevate at makingchips.com. Gain access to exclusive content, as well as videos, blogs, show notes, and more resources designed to equip and inspire you. We'll see you next time. Proper preparation prevents I know, poor performance. I know. You want me to yes, ask my dad? I know, used and to I, say, ha- I had something, and then I and then I just you lost it, my friend. Completely. I could rattle off five things right now.